friends, and welcome. Listen, life is a journey filled with unexpected detours, and most of us have experienced at least one, and maybe more, life-altering pitfalls. How we choose to react and grow from heartbreaks, roadblocks, stumbles, and struggles, well, that's where the magic is created. Tune in twice a month when me, Kathy Talone, asks, and then what happened? You don't want to miss an episode as we go on a fascinating journey with new and old friends sharing their ups and downs on their unique path to personal freedom. I'm so grateful you joined us. Thanks for being here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to And Then What Happened. This is Kathy Talone, and I am super grateful for you to be here with us today. Wait until you hear about the journey of our, my next guest. Her name is Tanya Hall. Such an inspiration. I met Tanya just about two months ago. She was here in Haco, Costa Rica on 100 days of service. Tanya lives back in the Sunshine Coast of Canada, on the west coast of Canada, and she owns her own business painting houses. Tanya's going to tell you all about her story, but I'm going to tell you that she went from Mexico to Colombia, five countries in 100 days, providing service through painting. I am super, super grateful to have her today, and I just want to say, hey, Tanya, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great, Cassie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So I met you just about two months ago here in Costa Rica. You were on your way through, as I just said in your bio, um, doing 100 days of service. There's so much to this, and I can't wait to get to it. I just want to highlight this right now just to kind of make the container because the rotary was such a big part of, and still is a big part of your family life. And from what I understand, and you're going to tell us more, this is really what supported you through this incredible project that you had. Tell the viewers, for, for people who don't know what that is, just give a little recap or, or a little explanation um, of what it is, how your husband was part of it, and anything you want to share just about, you know, the container and the support that it holds for you? For me, um, Rotary started when I was in high school. I was an exchange student, which is what my daughter's doing right now. So 30 years later, she jumped on a plane just like I did. Um, and when I returned um, from my exchange, um, I went into Rotary as a youth and then as a young adult. And um when I became a Rotarian as an adult, it was really to give back for everything that I had received as a youth. Um, I felt like I needed to give something back to the organization that that really changed the course of my life in a very positive way. So um, I have been a Rotarian for 22 years now, um, plus my my youth years. Um, so it really it's a I've been a Rotarian for for more than half my life. Well, fair, yes, I'm coming up to 48 now. So um, when you add in my my youth years. Um, yeah, and it's just, it really is just a, a way of life. Um, our four-way test, you know, just starts with, is it the truth? And it goes from there. And and really, if you, if you follow just the basic sort of, I guess you could say, teachings of Rotary, 
you know, your life is better, you know, so it allows me to give back a lot. Um, and that's how this trip kind of came to be was I just, I'm pretty open with just saying this is, this is what I need in order to give. If it's for me, I have a hard time asking. But in this situation of this trip, I thought I need to connect with a whole bunch of people in order to make what I want to do uh, happen. So I just contacted Rotary Clubs uh, throughout Central America. And I just said, this is this is who I am. This is what I want to give you. I want to give you my service, uh, my free service. I'm going to fundraise in order to provide the service. And uh, in exchange, I need you to find me a project. And I'd love if you found me somewhere to stay. Um, and so that's that's ultimately what happened because Rotary is family. So throughout the entire world, um, there's a Rotary club that's willing to to host you if you ask. My my yeah, my partner before he passed away, he was a Rotarian as well. Uh, uh, he was a lifer. Uh, he was in Rotary actually since I was on my exchange. Um, so anyway, he uh, was our district governor. So there, the district Rotary has. Uh, over 500 district governors that sort of manage the areas of the world. So there's five, over 500 district governors per year um, around the world. And he was the district governor for my district at the time that he passed. Um, when do you, do you want to share his name? Uh, so his, his name is Dave Hamilton. Um, and at the time when he found out that he was, when he was diagnosed uh, with cancer, it was diagnosed as terminal. And uh, the first thing he did was he put his name in to be district governor, um, which for me, it was it was an incredible gift that he was giving to Rotary. It was something that he wanted to do um, after his retirement was to be district governor. Um, and by when he knew that he is, his time was now limited, he decided that he was going to give his final years of life to Rotary. Um, and and giving back to the world. So he wanted to leave a legacy and he really, really did. Um, and that is like a whole other topic, <laughs> but the legacy he left our district is absolutely incredible. Um, and so I'm super proud of him for that. And the fact that he decided that um, giving was what he wanted, just just that he selfish selflessly gave, gave of himself. Um, and I mean, he could, we could have gone and traveled the world and, and, and not had a care in the world for other people and other things, but that wasn't who he was. Um, and so when things got tough on my trip, that was, I would think, you know what, I'm not dying of cancer. Like there's, there's always people that are having a harder time. Um, I'm going to get through this, uh, and, and accepting whatever was around the next corner was critical, um, uh, and not not stressing about it. And, uh, yeah, my husband was so, so extremely positive. Um, he really didn't, um, he didn't let cancer win, even though it took his life. It didn't, uh, it really didn't beat him. So, um, I took that with me everywhere I went and, and it was very helpful because I hadn't really faced what do I do with my life, um, after he passed and I didn't realize how much I hadn't faced it until I was um, out there uh, alone, but surrounded by so many amazing people. And in so many cases, children that were just in, in all intents and purposes, like for us, we would look at and say, oh my gosh, these children have nothing. How are they 
surviving? How do they um, they cope with life? But they're just so happy, you know. Like you just they they didn't they had no idea they didn't know the ridiculous expectations that that in North America we put on life. So right. So I I cannot wait to hear the personal <laughs> stories. But I just want to get back to um, your inspiration and your husband. Just quickly, we mm -hmm. did he know that you were going to do this after he passed? Did you guys discuss this? No, no, not at all. Okay, no, so I, this came as an as this came to you after he passed when you had some space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When um, he had been gone, it was probably around it uh, probably around nine months. I would say after he passed that I started to think, wow, I really need to figure something out. I need to like. Um, I need to work on some things myself to figure this out because I knew I just completely packed my time schedule and I wasn't, you know, wasn't leaving any time in order to have to face, you know, thoughts. So, um, yeah, and it was probably about a year. It was a year and a half around then when I actually uh, got super, super serious about it. And my departure was a few months later. Um so what was your preparation for this? So the inspiration obviously was, you know, it started out with a Facebook post. <laughs> I just, I just put it out and I just said, this is what I want to do. And this is my itinerary, my rough itinerary, um, based on where I knew people already. Um, and then I was just like, who knows someone? Um, and then I started reaching out to, and, and most of my connections in life, my solid connections in life are rotary based. Um, especially because of my district governor, like our district governor training time, it takes three years leading up to being district governor. So it's, uh, you meet a lot of people in a, from a lot of places. So I had a lot of connections in that way. And then people who knew people, I mean, really life is about who, you know, not so much what, you know, <laughs> so did you, have you been to Central America before? Was that somewhere? How did that, how did that kind of evolve into, um, the destiny? Oh, the destination. Uh, it, it actually started uh, originally. My plan was Eastern Europe, um, and then and then the war uh, had happened in the Ukraine at the time when I was first thinking about that location. And I thought, ooh, that's maybe not the best option right now. Um, originally, because I wanted to take my daughter with me, um, so I thought that wasn't the best location. So we switched it to Central America, and a lot of it was based on on the financial ability to do what I wanted to do in a lot in a really long period of time because um, I wanted it to be for a few months and and I can't afford you know uh, to do a ton of travel I, I can't do expensive travel that's just not really an option for me so um, yeah and then of course Latin America people are just very very welcoming so it was it was really nice. I only paid for accommodations in a couple of places. And um, I certainly won't be paying in those places in the future because my hosts <laughs> were like, oh, you're wonderful. <laughs> nah, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. Time you should stay you... with us. <laughs> so you did some fundraising ahead of time. I mean, with the preparation for this. Tell us a little bit about this, because right now I just know so many people, so many women, right? So many women who listen to this podcast and beyond 
we're looking for purpose, you know, and, and you're just shining this on us. So tell us yeah. just a little bit about the fundraising and some of the preparation. So I will say that you certainly don't have to be a Rotarian either because everyone knows someone who knows someone. And so it really just does take a matter of just get it out there and just say, this is what I want to do. So um, so that part of it, it just made it easier for me. But um, if somebody else wanted to do the same thing, they could even just contact a Rotary Club and say, this mm-hmm. is what I want to do. And I'd like to, you know, have your connections. And that's still doable. But um, that aside, so for the fundraising piece, I did do fundraising prior to departure. Um and the fun, any fundraising that I did or finance, like I did get a lot of donate, just direct donations from people as well. And that was strictly for the projects that I did. So any travel, uh, any accommodation that I did have to pay for, um, you know, all those added things. Like every time I crossed a border, there was this new taxes that I'd never heard of before. All of those things, <laughs> plus food. And if there were the odd, there was the odd day that I was able to do something touristy, those things. So all of that I paid for myself. So there was no, um, uh, I kept very, very close, you know, records of the financial piece of it because I wanted to be very open and and um, honest with everyone. And so the fundraising that I did only paid for the supplies in which to do the projects that I did. So the majority of my projects were painting because I own a painting company. So that's just, that was sort of the natural thing to do. And I was able to teach a lot of people the trade of painting, which was, which was wonderful. Um, But yeah, so the fundraising all paid for paint or chairs or, or books or, clothing or um, menstruation products, like whatever it was that was needed in the location that I went to is is what that money went towards. Um, and then throughout the trip, so I left, I left home with uh, just over $3,000 Canadian. Um, and during the trip, I received um, about the same amount again in funds because of things that I'd come across on the trip and say, like this is out of my budget range for this location because I had to split the money out. So like this is above my, but this is what's this is what's needed. This location, like these kids really need um, desks for the school. Does anybody, can anybody help me out? This is how much money I need. And and generally I would get pretty good responses from people just based, just putting it out through Facebook. Um, and so whether it was a Rotary club that would come to the party or it was an individual person. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up with um, probably I spent around 7000 Canadian on on projects, on supplies for projects that I did. And then now, my time you... was all just time. <laughs> did you know the exact projects before and what was needed beforehand? Um, not entirely. So that was, um, I knew roughly in, in most cases, I knew roughly what I was doing. There was a couple of projects that were like, okay, these are confirmed. I know for sure. Um, like the, my very first one actually wasn't rotary related. Um, but we were bringing, uh, we, in Puerto Vallarta, we 
we brought musical instruments and dance uh, dance gear, like use use dance clothes, and also a whole bunch of brand new dance shoes that I had donated to me. Um, we had brought those to a free music school, a music and dance school for kids. And the reason we had that as our first location was because it was many suitcases full of stuff that I had that I had organized to have donated to me prior to departure. Um, so when we got to that location, I was able to offload those suitcases. And then uh, I went on with only a backpack from that point. So that had to be the first spot. So I definitely knew about that one because of collecting. It took months of collection. Um, after that, the majority were ones like I knew roughly what was happening. But being Latin America, I think people were um, a little more standoffish of um, confirming with the NGOs, the non-government organizations, that this is what's happening and she's coming and she's doing this because it just sounded maybe too unrealistic that I was actually going to come pay for the product and do the work and I expect nothing in return. And mm -hmm. it, I think people were like, okay, crazy lady's coming apparently, but we don't even know for sure she's going to show up. So in a lot of cases, they would tell me about different organizations, but those organizations didn't know about me until I arrived because <laughs> they were okay. like, just in case she doesn't come. <laughs> Okay, so this journey is so incredible. You and I talked a little bit about it. You told me some like heartwarming and huge stories. And by huge, I just mean like energetically huge. I want to go back to the date, the date you set sail. You left, you said that you were going to um, Puerto Viejo, Puerto Viejo. What a fiesta, thank <laughs> you. Mexico, right? That was your first stop. Mm -hmm. So tell us the date, tell us, um, you know, what you were feeling. And then, yeah, just take us on this journey. Um, so I, I went with um, a friend's company, Giving Back Experiences. So there was uh, a, a couple of friends plus my mother and I. So my mom came with me for the first month of the whole trip. Uh, and so we started in Puerto Vallarta November 28th and then we did a week in Puerto Vallarta and then we went to, we went to Colima, uh, and worked with children there and we went to Puebla and worked with, um, community, a giant community hall. We painted this huge community hall over Christmas. So that one was kind of funny. That was unplanned. So that was an extra. I had to post like, oh, I need money, um, because it wasn't in my in my programming, but when I saw the community hall and what this very poor community was trying to create, and I thought, oh my goodness, I can paint that community hall um, and train some people to paint. And and so it was actually the board of the community hall that became my painters over Christmas and they thought I was crazy, but they were like, no, really? Yeah. I was like, yes, what are you doing for Christmas? I mean, come on, let's paint the community hall. So, um, so all every time we would we would change locations, there was just like I, I would I never wanted to leave because there was always so much more to do. But then the excitement of like, but what's around the next corner? <laughs> like, so it was kind of surreal. It was weird to think like, is this my life? <laughs> I'm doing this. <laughs> it was really cool. Amazing. So did you get you got paint in all the communities like you? could get supplies, of course, where you were, and you had the support of 
the different organizations. And then, of course, there's always things to do. So the project either was already planned or it just manifested while you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I found through Latin America, things can manifest quickly. Um, once, like when I was actually on the ground and I would show up and I mean, when, when my host would bring me to an NGO and they're like introducing me, um, and then I say, okay, so I want to paint, I want to paint this and this is what's going to happen. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, wow. Cause at home <laughs> there's a process, but no, no process. Just come. It's okay. Um, and so no matter what it was, they would just everywhere would accommodate me. I just I felt honored that people trusted me with with what I said I would do. And I mean, I'm I'm very, very particular in my work. So I didn't I wasn't concerned that I would do a good job. But nobody knows me like I could have just made I, it could have been a disaster. Everyone could have just been a mess and they would. But everyone just was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you want to do it? Go and do it. <laughs> so you went to five countries. Can you five name countries. all the five countries? Yeah. So Mexico and uh, and a lot of areas of Mexico. So um, it's quite a big country. So I covered a lot of area. Um, and then uh, Belize. And uh, Belize, I just worked in Belize City. And uh, then Costa Rica, Panama, and Colombia. Amazing. Amazing. And that was in a hundred days just to remind everyone. Yes. So, okay. So you took us a little through Mexico. You were in several towns in Mexico and then you were off to Belize. Belize. Yeah. Yeah. So Belize, I knew in advance that I was going to be working in the prison. Um, and that was very exciting for me. I was like, I'm going to prison in Belize. Um, <laughs> that wouldn't excite most people. I'm just going to excite most people. So I, um, I also work with an organization called Mediators Beyond Borders International. And they had asked me to do a talk about the prison in Belize. And so I did that um, after I completed Belize. And, and my prison was, or sorry, my presentation was... Uh, named um some people choose to go to prison and and that's what i did i chose to go to prison um what was absolutely magical about the prison in belize is that it's run by the rotary club in ultimately so the rotary club in belize city uh they have nine out of the 12 positions on the board of the prison so it's an incredibly run prison that follows the four-way test of rotary and so it is quite I mean, it's a, it really is a wonderful prison, I have to say, if I was going to go to prison anywhere, um, but it wasn't always wonderful. So it was, um, it was what you would sort of imagine as a very, uh, you know, terrible place in the past. But uh, when Rotary took over, they cleaned that up quite a lot. The joy of, of Belize is that there is only one prison in Belize. So in order but so they were a- they're able to make a really big difference because it's because it's only one prison you only need to affect that one place so by by that i'm sure that that everyone can understand that 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 makes it of course a lot easier i mean if we were to have rotary running a prison in canada or a prison in the united states uh, how much of a of a real difference is that going to make probably not so so this was pretty amazing. And um, so I got to teach, I, I created a training program. So I taught uh, 10 women 
um, in the women's section of the prison how to paint and um, ended with a certificate. And again, it's just like everything else on my trip. I, I made it up. I, uh, I created a certificate that said that they did a 40 hour uh, painting, paint trades training program um, with this crazy lady from Canada. Uh, <laughs> it didn't really say that on the certificate, but I felt like that's what it should say because uh, they were all just so amazed that that we were doing this. And it was wonderful because they got to be out of their cell block for, you know, eight days of painting with me. And and I got to hear their stories. And and I feel so honored that I, I hold a lot of their stories uh, because they don't talk to each other. They can't. They're friendly, but they're not friends. Um, so do you speak fluent Spanish? I do not. You do not. So what was the communication like? <laughs> well, actually, Belize, uh, their first language is English. So that was that was my only location that the language was first English. But being in prison, a lot of the prisoners were Spanish speaking because they were there for immigration reasons. So uh, but Google Translate was my friend. I did a lot of Google Translate conversation and um, a lot of charades. <laughs> but um I did I did come to realize that my Spanish needs a lot of improvement if I'm going to have like a meaningful connection with people. Um, it was disappointing in different places when I was, especially when I was working with children, um, that they just didn't quite grasp that I couldn't understand what they were saying. So that was disappointing because we couldn't really share. And at times I'm sure that kids were telling me things that if I were at home, I would need to do something about it. Um, you know, in one situation, I had a child talking about some like some fresh injuries that she had, and I knew she had attained those injuries in, you know, uh, a bad circumstance. And now I'm like, I have this information and you've shared it with me because you feel safe. And I think it's probably because you know that I don't totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> But, you know, so now I have to deal with that, but I don't have enough, um, you know, knowledge to be able to share it my, with, with, you know, but I, I mean, I did make the right connections that needed to be made, but still it was, and, you know, those sort, those moments are disappointing for me. So, and, and I'll always bring in like the universe has that back, you know, it just, yeah. for everything that you were doing, everything that you were giving, everything that you were sharing, you said, I wish I could do more. The universe said, no, you know, this is enough. <laughs> it's almost in a way divine that you couldn't understand the children because what a heavy load that wasn't your path. I mean, that's just what's coming to me. You know, that's what's resonating with me. I'm not sure if it resonates that's with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, yeah, well, but you know, that's how I would, you know, uh, filter that for sure. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Um, but back to the prison, I was, what was, also really interesting is that the Rotary Club has um, they have women's housing for single moms that they that they build. The Rotary Club is separate from the a separate project from the prison. But as a result of training the female prisoners, now they can use those female prisoners to take them from the prison to go and work on these projects to paint the houses. So I was just it felt so amazing because the women in the prison are so they're kind of forgotten because they're 
they don't make a fuss. They're just a quiet part of the prison. They don't really get involved in what happens, in the, but they have to keep them separated from the men. So there's, they're just a quiet little corner and they don't get any of the extra benefits that the men get because they all have jobs where they work around the prison and uh, they don't get that opportunity. So this is, it was super neat because they never leave their cells. So yeah, it felt really good. Like I, you know, that now they'll have, to, they'll get to get out, out. <laughs> okay. So, and so you went mm -hmm. to Belize to the prison to work with 10 women. Where exactly in the prison were you, where did you paint? A common area or each individual cell? Um, the women's common area. So okay. there was, um, actually there was a, a female prisoner in that was pregnant. So we painted, um, a separate room that was more like a storage room. Uh, we painted that for her in a nice, in a nice pretty pink, um, a nice calming pink, which is a great prison color. Uh, and then we painted a large common, like a, a huge common area. Um, and one of the add-ons that I actually did while I was there, I said, oh my goodness, this common area that I'm eating in, I'm like fighting the flies while I eat my rice, beans, and boiled chicken every day at lunch. Um, and I said, you know, we, I need screens. I need to add screens to these, these windows. It's crazy. You know, like two, two windows had screens and one of the doors. I mean, that makes, that doesn't help. <laughs> so I need screens on the rest. And, um, and so one of my local friends responded, you know, I'm sending you the money, get the screens. So okay. those little things are just like, like it's, um, as a Rotarian doing projects from home and I do international projects, there's always this needs assessment that has to be done. Um, you know, we discuss the pros and cons and and we and and everything sort of, you know, it seems like it just goes on and on and on. We have to make sure that something is being done that needs to be done and that it is actually done, which is hard to do when you're somewhere far away. Whereas I'm there, I'm on the ground. Needs assessment is done. I'm standing here. And I see the flies. I'm like, this is what's needed. Needs assessment complete. Check. And now I just need the money. And then I'm going to go order the screens. And then they're going to be installed tomorrow. And then I get a photo and I can send it to you. And in two days, you see where your money went. It's like a, such a fast international project. It was just like amazing how that could quickly come together. So uh, there's the response from people when I needed something was very good. So I... And and talk about changing, you know, the quality of someone's life, honestly. And I'm I'm saying this, it sounds like in jest, but it's not at all. Yeah. Like the quality of someone's life to not have flies on your lunch every day. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's like neurologically, like, you know, your neurological system can just relax. And yeah. you can have just a much more enjoyable lunch, which causes better digestion. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. so you don't have to like open, through that open lens, the lid tiny yeah. little bit, close the lid. You know? Honestly, and I mean, looking around and just seeing some beauty and knowing that these women, you can take ownership of what they've done and what they, you know, who they are. We had a pre-call to this um, conversation that we're having right now. And you told me, which you just shared with us, that you printed it up and, you know, in quotes, I'm going to say, made up these certificates. Yeah. And I just want to go back to that. And again, what a blessing and what a gift, this energetic exchange, this acknowledgement, it's, 
it's so huge. So, and you told me how the women uh, felt about that. So just share that again, kind of on that, you know, specific, you, you created a certificate saying that these women were now painters. The certificate is, um, was signed uh, by, so representing the Sunshine Coast Rotary Club here in Canada, as well as the Belize City Rotary Club um, in Belize. So it's a, it's a rotary certificate, which um, at Belize City is, uh, the rotary is very, very well known there because they do a lot of community work and their signs are everywhere. Um, so I think that in itself has a lot of, a lot of pull. It'll have a lot of weight to it. Um, the women were so excited because a lot of them haven't even finished school. Most of them haven't finished school. So they don't have a graduation certificate. Um, and they said, you know, really, we don't, we like most of them don't have any kind of certificate to show an, a future employer. So there was there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of tears where the women were just like this. You have no idea how much this is going to mean. I can just like walk up to a job site and be like, this is what I've done. I've done this course. It doesn't say they're a painter. It doesn't say that they did good. <laughs> but it does say that they completed a 40 hour program um, with me and uh, and I kind of, you know, a residential painting program and uh, they did all complete knowing the fundamentals. Uh, the biggest thing is don't just slop it all over the floor. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> it took some time. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I was really proud of them. They all, they were all very excited every, I mean, partly I'm sure the excitement of me arriving every day was that they were out of their cell block. <laughs> I'm sure that it wasn't all just seeing me and getting to paint today. But they really did enjoy doing something different and stretching themselves and learning something new. So um, I really wanted to celebrate that with them. So, yeah, there were our our final day, the departure day was there were a lot of tears and it was it was beautiful on both on both sides, for sure. Um, and one of the other things that we did, which which I think to me would have made the biggest difference was that we uh, painted all of their all of the bars on their on their cells so their cell look we did down the cell block we didn't do inside each cell itself which i would love to go back to do um, but that was a logistical like nightmare we'd have to clear out each one which would have been huge but we did the cell block like the walkway down and then all the bars the bars were all very uh rusty and quite you know, very unsanitary, but also like the women spend a lot of time sitting on the floor, pressed up against the bars or with their hands through the bars and because they wanted to get closer to the next cell in order to have conversation with them. And that's where the airflow was coming down the hall, you know, for various reasons, they spent a lot of time pressed up against those, you know, very rusty bars. And I thought that's just, un, you know, that's just inhumane. So, um, so the ladies got to scraping and scrubbing and and sanding and we cleaned the bars all up and and then we primed them all and painted them all and it was all done with oil. So they all learned about how much of a mess oil is <laughs> and how how gross it is to clean up. And um, so I really 
But in the end, you know, they have these gloss white bars that they can now just it's it's a comfortable space for them to to be as comfortable as it can be uh, being in a prison cell. Uh, what amazing gift, Tanya. Honestly, I just was great. I have to mirror this back real quick because you went to Belize. So you said 40 hours was what was on the certificate. So yeah. I'm assuming you were there for a week. Was that? Um, I did eight days straight um, okay. in the prison. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing from you, you went down there, you, the women were able to come out of their cells, you put screens in there lunchroom so they didn't have flies on their lunch anymore they got a certificate with 40 hours which with the rotary stamp and signatures i mean this is actually so much more i mean they can go out into the world and show this and again it has uh, an energetic weight saying that they have gone through this program you painted the bars so now they have so much more um worse mm. right that's more i mean you're saying it's more dignified you know it's, it's more dignified i like that yeah. part as well yeah <laughs> so i mean I'm, yeah unbelievable tanya honestly i'm filled with emotion it's just so beautiful yeah. because the, yeah all of those things that occurred just in those eight days i mean that really is profound and life-changing so i just wanted to mirror that back and um yeah so inspirational so inspirational yeah. Yeah, that so that one was a that was a life changing project, mm. uh, you know, for me, and I think and I think for the ladies as well, and 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 you know, even the the, the wardens, everyone just, you know, we it was it was such a happy eight days, <laughs> you know, we would laugh. I I bring them treats, and you know, you bring something for the wardens, and they were like, what? <laughs> I get one too, you know. It was pretty. It was pretty great. So, you know, everyone was on first name basis uh, and uh, it was, yeah, it was a really, it was a really great experience. Yeah. So then, uh, but then it was time to Belize. On. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but I went to Costa Rica. So that's where I met you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Costa Rica, first I was in San Jose. I worked there for about a week or five, five days in San Jose, I think. Uh, and I worked for the Salvation Army in a, a refugee um, housing for Venezuelan refugees. And they had to have children in order to get into this particular housing. Um, it was uh, it was actually quite interesting. The woman who ran the Salvation Army is a Rotarian in San Jose. And she, when she was bringing me driving to look at the different projects that uh, the Salvation Army does, she uh, she said to me, I'm going to show you things that the travel channel doesn't show you. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> um, the travel channel covers Costa Rica in a much different way than than what is sort of the reality of the down and out of San Jose. So that was very, very interesting, um, heartbreaking and devastating um, and truly fascinating at the same time. Um, so anyway, we we settled on this one project. I painted what was a very which was a solid plain white space that was where the kids all played that was in the that uh, at the refugee hostel if you will. Um and now it's all bright colors uh that work well with Latin America. Nice 
bright, cheerful colors with animals on the walls. And and we painted those bars as well because they were ugly. And uh, I, I painted a lot of bars, actually, on this trip. <laughs> bars are, are neglected and they're an important piece because they're they're a, they're they have a negative connotation. So if they're also ugly and um, you know rusty or or you know what have you, then then they bring a a downward feeling. I think so. Um, I did actually end up painting a lot of bars. Um, yeah, so symbolic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt like so it was, was when I was painting those ones. I was like, this is never ending, but it's necessary. <laughs> was the just out of curiosity because i live in costa rica the refugee is was that transient or is that a last stop no no transient so their goal was america uh most of them their goal was america going after the american dream which uh you know for me knowing you know what a refugee might actually face when they uh get to north america i was like wow maybe Maybe you want to just kind of consider some of the amazing places throughout Latin America as you go along, because this this maybe maybe home is closer than you think. <laughs> um, but they were it was a transient stop. Um, all of them were on their way to somewhere else. And but yeah, most of them were were heading to America, but they had already gone through the Darien. And, and so those stories, when I was able to get the translation, you know, I, I got bits and pieces. But how fascinating, you know, to to bring your children through you know just such a challenging space whether they managed to pay for a boat or they had to go by foot it was you know um you know so they were all tired (laughs) they were exhausted and and just you know but this space was somewhere that allowed them to stop and rest for as long as they needed before they before they decided to move on again to their next, their next. So job. many specific questions about that, but so many questions. <laughs> but I think that if we just stay on uh, the path that we're there's on, not enough, I, there's not enough time. There's an hour for each project. <laughs> and I'm so well. I'm so curious just about the flight of the immigrant, right? I mean, that's yeah. just so fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, just bringing it back to your trip and um, what was going on okay so that was san jose and then san jose and then i had a, a couple of days off i went to la fortuna so i mm-hmm. i did i not not very often did i have a mm-hmm. vacation within this trip but that was so i did get to go zip lining uh, and that was wonderful i had some amazing rotary hosts there uh and then from there i went to Hako. so that's uh that was where i met you and in Hako, yeah. we did uh, i worked on three projects in Hako. And and I got to meet lots of different NGOs. So um, while I was there, and uh, it was yeah. So that was really really cool to have all those connections. So lots of reasons to come back. Um, just not sure how I come back to every single place. <laughs> so many things to do. Um, lots of clubs here have said to me like, oh, is there any projects that that need more work that we could help them out with? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, it's endless. I can tell you, like I can list off twenty projects right now. So let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, in Hako, we did. Uh, we painted the the police station, um, which just was amazing. You know, there was uh, we we met with some 
some kids that were actually just at a coffee shop the day before that were there doing mission work. And we were like, hey, do you want to come and work at the police station tomorrow? And they're like, yeah. And they showed up. I was like, whoa, (laughs) this is crazy. So yeah, we had uh, outside helpers that came and a lot of scraping and basically removed like the whole all the paint off the police station and replaced it. And that turned out beautiful. Um, I hope it still looks beautiful today. <laughs> so when you and I were talking again um, on the call before this call, mm-hmm. we were sharing and in, in, in laughing and just observing how different kind of the system is, at least, I mean, all I know is where I am right now. Yeah. But that there's not necessarily, there's almost no red tape, right? No. So you were explaining to me, like, actually going into the police station, kind of on a moment's notice in a way, bringing kids that you just recruited from the day before, walking into the police station and painting. Like, (laughs) that would be a year-long or longer process (laughs) in Canada or the United States, right, to get permits and unions and all of these things. But... You, so in, explain that um, kind of reality for uh, yeah. it, for our viewers. Yeah, I don't think I would even, I well, I know in Canada, I wouldn't even qualify to paint, um, to do a project like painting our local police station. Um, I just don't fall into, I don't have all of the paperwork that w- I would require and I wouldn't want to do it. So I wouldn't, because um, there's plenty of other work. Uh, but... Yeah, so I would obviously need to be union. I would need to do estimates and I would need to do, like, I would bid on it and all of that. But, of course, there was no bidding because I wasn't going to charge them. So (laughs) that part was appealing. Um, But ultimately, it was a a couple of Rotarians that saw the police station prior to my arrival and were like, oh, gosh, that looks terrible because it really did. And and it, it didn't look nearly as bad when we started as when we were doing the prep, because once we started scraping it, the, all the previous paint just came right off. So uh, the prep was in, really made it look terrible, but then it looked better. Um, but yeah, so they're just showing up and saying, this is what we want to do. And I didn't have to provide proof of insurance or um, this is like, you know, anything. And they were like, well, we can't, we don't know what the colors, the specific colors are, but so then I just, they trusted me to do a color match. And I mean, it wasn't in, exact, but they were, you know, it was fine. Like that would never be okay here. <laughs> um, so those, li- those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I just, I was just, thoroughly impressed because I'm way more in my own heart a just get it done kind of person you know I do actually appreciate you know a politician that does something that the people need and then begs for forgiveness later because the red tape and the going through the blah 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 blah, like all of those processes just take too long everything just takes too long if something needs to be done let's just do it so that's really how um, I prefer life to be. So I was very happy with the ability to literally just walk in somewhere and say, this is what I want to do. And then we got a letter from, well, the police chief came for the last day. He wanted to be in the photos. 
and and then we got and then I got a letter from him. Uh, your Rotary Club received a letter, um, you know, from from the police chief with thanks and acknowledgement of the whole the whole process, which um, which was really cool too because it also showed that it was okay that we did it. It wasn't on the slide. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. But it was sort of the same, like a, I, I, I painted schools and daycares and other places as well along the way that also was the same, just show up and just go, I want to, I want to paint here tomorrow. And they're like, okay. And they literally just make, they just make um, space for that to happen. Yeah, and they're so grateful for yeah, and every and just and any help. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, uh, but just, but just in awe. Like every once in a while, like the the guys would come out and be like, "Oh, you're still here," like you know, like yeah, I'm not going to leave halfway, you know, and we're not just going to put the paint on the wall. We're going to prep the wall. Like that's and that was another thing that people kept saying after we would be finished something. They're like, "I can't believe that you like." made sure that the job was done really well and i'm like and for me i'm like there's no there's no in between for me i don't actually know how to do something halfway <laughs> so um i i was like no there's there's only one option it's only done perfect so uh yeah i i so that i i really appreciated the appreciation and i was surprised by by I don't know because every project that I'm doing I feel like I'm doing it for myself um if that makes any sense because I'm getting so much out of it and and for me I'm able to as I work I'm able to think like okay what do I want out of my life and and I'm able to think about things in a different way than when I'm at home and super meditative yeah yeah exactly you're giving yourself the space yeah right and that was the purpose of my trip mm -hmm. was and and people were appreciating me but i was getting so much from being able to do it so it was like wow this is this i want this is the feeling that i want how do i do this so that you know that's a big jump and, and i'm just getting out <laughs> i'm just getting this right now tanya it's like i'm thinking about what you're talking about because you're in the town basically that i live in in hako mm -hmm. and people you know, Costa Ricans and, and I don't want to, I don't want to generalize. I've only been here for just less than two years and, but it's, they're so practical, mm -hmm. right? Something needs to get done. So it gets done. Oh, you need a wall. We'll build you a wall. You need it painted. We'll paint it. Right. It's not, what's it going to look like or all these things. And this, I don't want to say it's a bare minimum, but it, it's, and it goes back to not needing permits and not going to the union. And it's it's just like the simplicity. Mm -hmm. So even bringing the layer that you brought of, you know, um, prepping the wall and all that, I can definitely see how they would say, wow, because if you want the wall painted, you just paint it. Yeah. And you brought like, you know, no pun intended, but color to it right you brought like an extra layer to it a layer of color and in pride and passion and beauty and so many here um in i imagine all of you know latin america and central america um it's they're looking for basic needs but they're basic and that's just 
that yeah. brings them joy. So to be able to say, hey, yeah, Tanya, come on in and do this. You know, there's such an ease about it. And I'm not saying this as eloquently as I would like to. It's a little nuanced, you know, but it's like the the beauty of simplicity, the beauty of the basic needs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it can be super difficult at times, of course, um, living that way. You know, a lot of people are in fight or flight a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but the the simplicity there's so much beauty in the simplicity of things, right? And like you said, just getting it done. Yeah. Does that make sense yeah. to you? In- yeah. Yeah. And 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 by and it's almost like that's what you needed at that time. So you had the meditative process exactly because at home it's like, well, I can paint, you know, a whole bunch of people's houses, and I did from from the point where where my partner passed away until the part point when I departed. Uh, I did it. I painted lots of houses, but none of them made me made gave me reflection you know they were they were jobs i got paid for them there's a difference in that as well you know um people are my customers are always super grateful they always love the work when we're done um i could say nine times out of ten we're we're friends um at the time that i finished their project um like you know not just oh, I see you in the street. But, you know, I mean, I just had breakfast with one of my clients this morning because she wanted to make me waffles. So, uh, you know, like I become friends with everyone just because of of the nature of things. But this is different. You know, everyone just felt so, I mean, I think grateful that, that they were considered that, the you know, like this, you know, the police station is is a pretty good example. It's kind of tucked away. It kind of gets ignored. They don't have the funds to paint it. Um, you know, it's one police station of many that come under this big umbrella. So it gets kind of forgotten. And, and they're like, wow, people noticed. So someone noticed us to point us out to someone else that is willing to do this work for free. And then they come in and they don't just throw paint at it, but they actually make sure that it's done correctly. And then by by that, they're you know the 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 guys working there were felt quite honored. I I think I hope. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just your place of work, but it does feel nicer. I would imagine as you come into work, you're like, wow, my place looks nice. Not, you know, wow, this place is like I. I hope you know, they have more pride and ownership of their space as well. How, how could you not, honestly? Because the lens we look through, you know, or the lens that they, their reality changed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because you go, today's Monday, today's Tuesday, today's Wednesday, today's Thursday, today's Friday. Whoa, all these new people are here. My my space, my reality has changed colors. Mm-hmm. Everything is different. That lifts all of us. You know, it, it just does. So again, Tanya, I mean... How inspirational, how inspiring. And I I will say, which I don't know, but I'm going to say anyway, 100%, <laughs> this had to have on some level changed these people's lives, even the policemen in the police station. So yeah, yeah, yeah. let's, you know, let's just reflect on that for a minute and say, yeah. wow, like, yeah. yeah. And own that, and own that, please, yeah. for me yeah. and my viewers. And, right? and, and, and all the people who walk by it. And, it. and it certainly wasn't just me. Like we, there was a lot of people involved and, and uh, but everybody who walks by, you know, they're like, oh, did last week that looked mm. terrible. 
Like I don't, or I don't even remember what it looked like last week, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, where'd this building come from? Because it's bright and clean and, and wonderful. And the, you know, we, we redid the, the railings and the sidewalks are all pressure washed. And, you know, so it's, it was a full job. So the, I, I would hope that, that everywhere you go, you know, and it, it was like the same in, in Hako as well. You know, I worked with, um, uh, the Hako, I think it was just called the Hako Foundation. Hako Impact. Uh, it's on my on my water Hako bottle. Impact. Yes, Hako Impact. Sorry, mm -hmm. uh, so many so many different Impact. ones are had. Um, but you know, like painting sidewalks and and telephone poles and stuff. I mean, I just love that in your community. It's just incredible that there's just all this like this lighthearted beauty that's sort of added to everything. So you just feel uplifted as you walk along and you can and you can imagine like on these sidewalks it's like all these little gains created on the sidewalks and and people uh, like in the shop nearby you know I talked to them and they said it's so fun to watch because it's intended for children but like grown men will like do the hopscotch and like follow the lines because it says to follow the lines you know and so they do and and they said it's so funny to watch but it's you know it's so wonderful so you all of these things bring light and happiness and and that's something about like that was just throughout Latin America that's so nice to see you know when I went on to Colombia it's just the amount of murals and stuff everywhere and those murals tell stories and you know to hear and understand what those are it's incredible and so that brings color you know and when I get home the first thing the first job I have is like <laughs> you know, I never painted gray or beige the entire trip. I was away. As soon as I got home, it's beige. And then the next job was gray. I mean, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're beautiful. Like, it's it's beautiful in its own right in that home and in that space. But it's just not... Uh, well, I also wasn't painting inside people's homes. You know, uh, I was painting things for most... But again... Children. That but again, this, this, yeah. this symbolism in that, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I hear exactly what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. It's just that you were filled with brightness and um, maybe a sense of lightness, like um, yeah. physical lightness. And to come home and um, never mind, the, the yeah. weather is <laughs> well, not yeah. warm anymore. And then, yeah, you're yeah. painting gray and beige. I get the symbolism there for sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, so so we were you were in... Um, Costa Rica, and then you went to Panama, and then you went to Colombia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and in Panama, I was in Bucate, and that was that was wonderful, amazing host, an amazing town. Um, outside of it, it wasn't it's because it's up in the mountains a bit. It's nice and cool. It's kind of like uh, you know spring all year. Pardon me, spring all year long, which is which is wonderful because uh when i arrived it was like oh this place is hot in david but uh once you leave the city it was very it was very nice um and it's a wonderful little town we we did a um a golf tournament we worked at a golf tournament and actually th that was the only other location that uh someone joined me uh from home well i say from home but it was somebody i knew through rotary that lived in colorado uh so joy Joan joined me in Panama and we worked at their uh, golf tournament and we painted garbage cans all over the community. So many people stopping and saying like, thank you for what you're doing. And, and I was like, wow, I'm painting a garbage can. <laughs> you know? But so, 
so many grateful people for their beautiful blue garbage cans. Uh, I think people see so much more than that. I mean, I yeah. definitely do. You know, it's again, it's just a rock in the pond. It's just like the ripple effect. It's like someone just doing this because because you're doing it. You know, and it's something different that they see every day. And it's something different that everybody experiences as a collective. And again, it's an energetic exchange. So for me, it literally has to raise the vibration, Mm -hmm. which makes people feel different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening right now is saying, oh, you know, I could never take 100 days off. Oh, I could never travel by myself. Oh, I'm not good enough at anything to share. I mean, there is, I can imagine if we asked everyone listening right now, everyone could come up with between five, 20, a hundred excuses why mm. they couldn't do this. And some of them very, very valid. I'm not going to you know, disregard yeah. that yeah. because there's a logistical thing, you know, going to Central America for a hundred days and painting. Those are very specific things. But we can bring that down into a much smaller um, environment lens, you know, project. Share, share that a little bit. Share Absolutely. You're such an inspirational person, Tanya. And I know that you can, you know, like, let's light some fires right now yeah, under some, yeah. you know, some people's butts. So that that is absolutely the takeaway that I want people to get is that. Yes, this is like in Rotary, we would consider this to be an international project that I just did. But in reality, it was just a series of community service projects. It wasn't like when I'm in your community doing painting the police station, that isn't an international project to me. I just happen to be from international, but I'm doing a local project. So um, if you consider it in that way, you know, think about your own town. You don't have to travel to do what I did Um, or paint or yeah or you don't have to paint or you I mean it could be anything you can just like I would you know if you want to beautify something then just go and say this is what I want to do you know gather a couple of friends maybe the local daycare needs painting or maybe like the community garden needs weeding or maybe like I don't know some garbage cans in town can do with a clean if you just just do it like it really like you don't need an organization to work with you don't need all the it's there's so many reasons there's so many things for us to look and go oh there's this and that like there's so many reasons i can't do this but those are just barriers that we put on ourselves so like we did a beach cleanup the other day and it's like i'm so happy that these women organized it because number one, it reminds you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That it brings the awareness, like, why aren't we doing this once a month? Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Someone and hosted and, it. And it could easily be done once a month. You know? It can easily be done once a month. And you know, that's the thing so yeah. many people are saying like, oh, I wish someone would dot, 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 organize a beach cleanup because the beach is a mess. Like, let's take ownership of that because it's, why don't it is. Yeah. Yeah. It truly is that easy with social media and the pages and um, community outreach right now. Yeah, yeah. So I would be curious, you know, if you were just to just to post it on like the local page that's on social media and just say, this is where I'm going to be on Saturday. This is what I'm going to do. If you want to join me, all more the merrier. 
And I, I wonder how many people would show up, you know, sometimes, you know, people have their, they still put in their own barriers. They have their own excuses and they're busy. Like people do have lives, of course. But I think if you go with expecting no one, (laughs) then when only two people show up, well, you have twice as many, like, well, you know, uh, 200 times the hands (laughs) to help you uh, 200% more. Um, you know, so it's just going to make whatever you were planning, so long as whatever you decide that you wanted to do, you're still willing to do it. Uh, because that's the intention, right? Is, yeah, the intention, yeah, totally. is the intention to clean the beach or is the intention to show everybody that you're cleaning the beach? I mean, like, we need to look through different lenses. Do you want the beach clean? Let's just say, you know, like you said, I'm going to meet here at two o'clock. Whoever wants to come, I have some extra trash bags and some gloves. Meet me. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. there is courage and, you know, um, stepping into that role. Yeah. You do need to yeah. be intentional and courageous with it. And a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, I'd love to do that. But, <laughs> you know, and then they see the post and they're like, oh, you, she just took away my butt. Because <laughs> she, right? she, she's doing it. She just, like, I'm not doing anything on Saturday. So in reality, I have actually no reason to not do that. Um. Um, for me, um, after this hundred days, I have done a lot of talks to different rotary clubs. Um, anyone who supported me financially, um, in the projects, I've offered the opportunity that I can come to your club either in person or online. And we, we do a presentation and we focus on the areas that that club was responsible, um, in order to make sure that when I do this again, because this isn't, this isn't the end, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, they're on board still, like they, they see the value and they understand. And hopefully next time I get a lot more people coming along because they're like, oh, that wasn't actually that hard. It seems like a really hard task, the whole thing, but it really wasn't like, you just have to be flexible and let go of expectations. Letting go of expectations. We go a whole show on that. And I probably will be here in the future. Yeah. Tell me quickly, Tanya, because I know you have to run, which I, I could keep you for so much longer, but <laughs> some real like bullet points or like major takeaways from this personally for you in how you are um, kind of bringing that into your life right now. So, yeah. Okay. So for me, I'm because I'm self-employed, uh, which also is what allowed me to take 100 days off. So I was able to just um, inform my clients I was I was running away, which they all appreciated. Um, but um, because I'm self-employed, uh, the idea of retirement, the reality of retirement is like a, it's almost like a fantasy. Uh, <laughs> winning the lottery is my is my retirement plan, but I don't buy tickets. So I know that that's never really gonna no no real retirement is ever gonna really come for me because I just I'm not set up for that. So um, what I need, what what I decided through this trip was like, what is it that I actually want out of retirement? I don't really want to wait until I'm 70 uh, and I don't have, you know, as much ability to do the things that I want to do. I want to get to somewhere and I want to see a mountain and I want to climb it, um, you know, so I really need to do that now and not later. So I was looking at the options of 
taking my winters off and traveling. And so now I'm actually looking, I, I've looked to shift my business uh, from painting houses to training for training painters. Um, but in the same way that I did in the prison uh, in Belize. So I'm working on my own training so I can be an official trainer, but throughout Canada and working in prisons, uh, transition houses, juvenile detention, etc., cetera, um, and teaching the trade of painting. But through that, that's really um, just the vessel in which I could also work with peace and conflict resolution, which is another area wow. that I work in that I would really like to get do a lot more work in. Uh, so if I can create a training program that would give people um who need a hand up um a, a a trade then or a piece of a trade uh but also at the same time to help them with their their heart and their headspace um then that's a win for me and uh yeah so i'm looking at shifting business that way but i do have to have you know, it's a it's a product that I need to sell to the government ultimately, um, and and I've got I've been speaking to different suppliers that I have that I work with a lot in Canada, and uh, whether they would come on board to be a sponsor ultimately of my future endeavors, and uh, yeah, actually those conversations are going quite well, and they're even uh, you know the conversation does include me doing this kind of work outside of Canada in um, in developing worlds with also still being sponsored by my by my sponsors. So uh, yeah, I was super surprised that that could possibly come out of this. <laughs> I'm not. You manifested this. Well, yeah, you are right. a powerful woman and you're in a beautiful flow right now. And this yeah. is, you know, yeah. this is what this show is about, Tanya. And we inspire women. And that's why I really, really as soon as I heard you talk that first Rotary meeting I went to, I said, I want this woman on my podcast because you are such a bright light. You are, you know, and I always love almost the beginnings of people's journeys because there's this relatability in a sense, right? Because we're not 100% sure where we are, but I feel like we can share so much more vulnerable vulnerable we can share in a way that is vulnerable again which other women can say oh she's in a way not a hundred percent sure of her next step but yeah. she's doing it anyway yeah and that's what we need to just you know hold each other's hands and and grab arms and just say let's just do it anyway let's yeah. just do it anyway maybe i did it one step before you but let's go or maybe you did it one step before me but i can help and this is yeah this is a movement so yeah yeah and i do and i so my so my most immediate planning process except for shifting my business is that i plan my daughter will graduate in just over a year from now from from high school when she returns from Denmark, she has one more year of school. And as does my niece, she is currently on exchange in Spain. Um, bonus for me, learning Spanish. Uh, <laughs> so when they return, they're both going to graduate in June of 2024. And for their graduation present, I've already told them, I said, we're going to Colombia. Um, mm -hmm. Because 
that working in the projects, which we didn't even touch on, but working on the projects in Colombia, I think are, are really like, they're going to be huge for the growth of my daughter and my niece. Um, because they, it was three different cities and three different NGOs that were, uh, very youth, very youth directed. I painted as, I painted in a school, I painted in a, in a, um, an orphanage and in a home for kids going through cancer treatment. And oh my gosh, those, yeah. And my last project was, was the kids with going through cancer treatment. And because my husband passed of cancer, I just thought, wow, like honestly, every turn, every project, every time something fell apart and something else happened as a result of that space opening up. And it was just like, wow, everything happens for a reason. And that was, that was huge for me. Like there was a few things that I constantly said throughout my trip. One was, wow, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Um, Another was just learning that flexibility and allowing the universe to decide for me was huge because I'm very much a planner. I'm very, I'm very much in control of what happens. And I had to allow that to go. Um, otherwise I would go crazy. So and I imagine just looking from, uh, you know, my perspective here in Costa Rica, I imagine, um, that in the other places you went, it was even more unpredictable than it is here. And the unit, I always say the universe is like so close to me, to everybody here that it's, it, it, it's almost like if you don't let go your it's like a square peg in a round hole or something exactly. it just doesn't yeah. work yeah i was like if i'm gonna allow the best things to flow i have to i have to like fully let that happen because yeah and it I, does like you so, said. yeah somehow you know and and i do i do also believe that um you know that dave but my partner mm-hmm. that he was that he was there there was a lot of things that just happened i mean since he passed i I feel a lot of him um, throughout different parts of my life where I'm like, why did that happen? And then it's like, oh, that, okay. And holy, that was, I can't even explain it, but I'm sure that everyone, that many people will understand. But um, so throughout this trip, it w- that was that. And yeah, so flexibility. And then uh, what was the, the, oh, shoot. That was one other thing. That <laughs> that's okay. But, uh, just just to you know to just yeah I mean honestly just letting things happen and letting it go and and that the most beautiful things come out of come out of just trusting and uh, and and that it's not over like you know I can I can shift by by looking at what do I want to do with my retirement, I looked at it and I'm like, I want to travel, I want to see the world and I want to help people and I want to basically do what I did on these days. This is what fills my heart and this is what I want to do. And so I was like, okay, how do I make that part of my actual life? So even if it's like I have to work for eight months of the year and then I'm off for four months, but if I'm doing it in a way that I can, that it would, how do I make it work that I you know, and, and lo and behold, if I do get a sponsor on board, that's how I make it happen. So my retirement will happen. I just getting paid to retire. 
<laughs> but you're creating that right now, right? And we don't yeah. know how the universe is going to show up. You're yeah. on a path yeah. and we don't know what's on our path further on, but we have to stay on it and we need to walk it. We need yeah. to be available to it and present for it because everything's there. We just have to learn some different tools and some different skills and trust a little bit more and invite some other women or people on our path with others. Okay. But the prizes are there. So Tanya Hall, again, thank you. Thank you so much. I've kept you a little over and I apologize oh, for that, but that's all right. super grateful for just you being such a bright light and um, such an inspiration to me and I'm sure so many women and friends who are listening to our podcast today. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. It was uh, it was a pleasure. I hope there was some. Uh, oh, I hope. I, I don't know. There's always so much more in my head that I want to get out, but there's only so many words that well, one should put into a minute. <laughs> we'll we'll have you back on, Tanya, because I know that your story is just starting. So we're just beginning. Just beginning. And I want to thank you and everyone listening today for being back here um, on the Kathy Talone Show. And then what happened? If you or anyone you know is uh, a huge inspiration in your life and you think that needs to be on the show, reach out and reach out with some comments. Don't forget to write some reviews. We're doing great right now, and I appreciate all of your support. Oh, my gosh. I So many downloads a week and monthly and per episode, so it's been super, super exciting. And, yeah, go out and inspire everyone you can. Thank you. Thanks, Bessie. Thank you.